Hi, I'm Hana Baba from KALW, and I wanted to let you know that the podcast you're about to hear is listener-supported. So if you like it, please go to KALW.org and click Donate Now to support this work. Thanks. Now enjoy the show. KALW. This is TBH. I'm Samuel Getacho. This podcast is made by, about, and for teenagers, and for anybody else who wants to hear what's on our minds. Today we'll be talking about video games. Our generation has been raised with them. In fact, almost two-thirds of our parents play them. And the invention of the cell phone brought an entirely new wave of accessibility. I remember playing Snake on my cousin's Nokia and begging my mom to play Tetris on her old flip phone back when I couldn't have been older than five or six. And when my older godbrother got an iPod, I was so envious of his ability to tune out at family functions and play games for hours that I saved up to buy my own iPod Touch around the age of 9 or 10. I'd find endless entertainment in Temple Run or Jetpack Joyride, and when I say endless, I really mean endless. No matter how much I played, any new level or achievement in the game would bring addictive gratification. In the 5th and 6th grade, my best friend Diego and I were absolutely obsessed with Minecraft. We'd go over to my house after school every day and play for hours until he had to be picked up. And when he left, I'd keep playing until my allocated screen time for the day ran out. I personally enjoyed Minecraft and still do because of the creative aspect. I used to want to be an architect when I grew up and it was indescribably satisfying for me to be able to create anything I wanted in this fantasy world. And so a few years of my life were consumed by Minecraft. Until one year in middle school, when two of my best friends asked for PlayStation 4s with Star Wars Battlefront for Christmas in a coordinated effort. After Battlefront came Rocket League, and then Fortnite, which would devour all of my friends' waking hours well into high school. And soon it'll be something new. Gaming commanded so much of my friends' time that I ended up getting a console just so that I wouldn't feel left out. Never mind the fact that I didn't actually enjoy playing that much. I don't consider myself a gamer. I don't tend to enjoy very many things that I'm not good at, and I'm typically quite bad at video games, so unless I'm with my friends, I tend to avoid them. But even within my intentionally limited experience, video games have permeated so much of my life. And they can be a great way to bring people together and bring joy to our lives, as long as we're the ones in control. But what are the consequences if we start to let video games dominate our lives? We'll turn to our panel of high school students to see what they've got to say. My name is Kyle Yi, and I am a junior at Lincoln High School. I became addicted to video games when I got my phone. It got to the point where I would find excuses to be by myself and play on my phone. One day, I was walking home from school and decided to play one of my favorite games, Clash of Clans. The moment I took out my phone to play, it seemed as if the world around me disappeared and I was sucked into the game. My perception for the real world was gone, and I started to walk across the street without even knowing it. All that my mind was focused on was the game, but I was able to hear the cars driving by with the wind hitting my face. I finished crossing the busy road as I came to a stopping point in my game. I turned around and noticed for the first time that I could have died. The street was racing with cars going roughly 45 miles per hour, none of them checking for crossing pedestrians. Since then, I cured my addiction to my phone, and I haven't been playing video games as much anymore. My name is Matthew Way, and I'm a junior at Lincoln High School. I was once addicted to playing video games and getting fake in-game items. 
I wouldn't take breaks during my long gaming sessions. I didn't take care of myself and so my parents had to do so by nagging me to eat and to shower. This wasn't healthy for my body because I gained around like 10 pounds in the few months I did this. And I was completely oblivious of how I changed. When I looked in the mirror, I noticed this wasn't me and this was the shell of my former self. My name's Nick Rossi. I attend Galileo High School and I'm 15 years old. I was addicted to video games, in particular Counter-Strike. I have over 2,000 hours on Counter-Strike and I've spent well over $400 on the game. At that point, it isn't a game anymore. It's a lifestyle. My gaming life increased, my social life decreased. I had a lot of acne, I didn't care about my personal hygiene, and my teeth were very yellow. I used to bully people online a lot. I even got in trouble for it and I had to go to Saturday school for my middle school. My name is Desmond Wong. I am a sophomore at Burton High School. Though gaming has overall been a positive experience for me, there have been some negatives. And these negatives not only frustrated me, but put me at risk of my privacy and my time. A time I was at risk was when I was playing a shooter game and another player in my game was getting very aggravated for me. He begins arguing with me, which leads to us getting into a Skype call together to finish the arguing. He was able to take my IP address, which was a way to shut down my internet and take my private information. My router was fried and I never spoke to him again. Recently, the World Health Organization declared that obsessive gamers suffer from a new addiction called video game disorder. Some psychologists fired back, arguing that this diagnosis ignores more serious mental health problems. San Francisco teenager Jiahao Chen forced himself to quit video games. But then his friends got too busy playing games to spend time with him. So he wanted to find out. Are his friends just having fun playing Fortnite, or can zealous gaming really be an addiction? Up until a few months ago, I loved video games, but I didn't just love gaming, I was obsessed. I remember racing home every day after school to play League of Legends. I game for hours and hours every day, up until at least midnight. In League of Legends, I had a mission. It was up to me to help my virtual team destroy the towers guarding the enemy's base. My purpose every day was to climb the rank ladder, but every morning, I have to go down a few levels, back to the real world. I was so focused on showing off my skills to my team in League of Legends that I barely spent any time doing my homework. I was so tired after gaming all night, every night. I fall asleep during class. My grades dropped lower and lower until I got a C in algebra. So those would be the typical signs that there's a disorder or a dysfunction going on. Thomas Plan, a psychology professor at Santa Clara University, says very few people came to the point of mental and physical self-destruction like I did, but... For some people, a certain number of people, uh, they can't stop engaging in the behavior even when it's destructive. Psychologists are divided over whether gaming disorder is a real diagnosis. The World Health Organization, also known as WHO, says it is. Certainly anything that is um, uh, obsessive, that interferes with social, occupational, school functioning, and so forth, 
uh, in a destructive or dysfunctional way, um, most of us mental health professionals would consider a disorder. That all sounds pretty bad, but then again, roughly two-thirds of American households play video games. How do you draw a line between an addiction and a hobby? Well, you know, these things are all designed to be addictive um, because companies make money to not only sell their product, but keep people engaged in the product. I forced myself to quit gaming. I started sleeping at night rather than during class. Like magic, my grades went back up again. I rarely play video games anymore. I tried playing League of Legends a few weeks ago, and I hated every second of it. I hope this game will end soon because I just spent like about 34 minutes. One more turn and we win. Oh, we didn't get it, bruh. 35 minutes. So I'm gonna get off right now. I don't like this game anymore. It's kind of boring. But my friends are still obsessive gamers. They are like the extreme version of me back in the day. Sometimes, it's hard for us to get in touch and talk to each other because my friends are daydreaming about Fortnite. A few weeks ago, I went over my friend Alfredo Peraza's house. He's playing Fortnite again with his friend Christian. What you garbage, bro? I'm wrong, bro. I'm hella wrong. Finding secret battles, Hating. Well, I started playing video games when I was about seven years old on the Game Boy which was a gift from my grandma. That's where I spent most of my childhood playing on. Even now, while I'm trying to talk to him for this story, he keeps playing. I'll say I'm partially addicted, but not really because I could stop playing if I wanted to. I just play a lot right now. If I didn't play video games, I'd probably be outside or just be sleeping doing nothing. Or he could hang out with me. Lately, he won't pick up the phone when I call him. When I text him, he doesn't reply. I think that's because he's playing video games. But even though I feel distant from him, he says games help him make friends online. I like Fortnite because it's trending, and you have to use teamwork to like to win. I think it helps uh, build relationships with people because you can uh, interact with them and just like having to work together to reach a goal. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know if my friends are addicted to video games. Christopher Ferguson, a psychologist at Stetson University, says blaming video games is often just a way to avoid talking about deeper issues. It's funny, like we really, really enjoy consuming media. At the same time, we really, really enjoy blaming media for all the problems we have, <laughs> you know. He says, the small percentage of gamers who overdo screen time often show signs of other mental health problems like depression or anxiety. The evidence we have suggests it's really not so much that games do this to people. We really need to focus more on the issue that these individuals have these underlying mental health conditions, not so much focusing on the idea that games are causing these problems. Even if my friends really are just having fun playing Fortnite, I still wish they were easier to reach. 
Ferguson doesn't have a solution for me, but he has some advice. It's just to open up a conversation about that, you know, to say like, you know, hey, we used to do a lot of other things. Yeah, I kind of miss that. Or he says, find some new friends. Friends who may be able to you know, spend time with you offline if that's not being met with、uh, the current batch of friends. But I am not sure if I am ready to talk to my friends about their gaming habits. It is difficult to reach them because they are always playing video games. That story was reported by Jiahao Chen. He graduated from San Francisco's Galileo High School last year. I find one of the perspectives that Jiahao's story brought super interesting: the perspective of video game addiction as a symptom of a greater issue rather than a standalone problem caused by the games themselves. Because I genuinely don't think that the games themselves are the problem. I know plenty of teenagers who play video games in moderation simply for entertainment. But if you look at excessive gaming as a potential unhealthy coping mechanism, just like binge eating or substance abuse, then it becomes easier to look at the greater underlying issue. And I think that it also helps us to maintain compassion, because it can be easy to look down on kids with gaming addictions until you consider them in that context. You've been listening to TBH, a podcast from KALW Public Radio. Thank you to all the teenagers who took part in producing this show. Holly J. McDeed edited and taught along with Marisol Medina Cadena and Kristen McCandless. She also engineered the show with help from James Rollins and Gabe Graben. Music was composed by Daoud Anthony. Our artwork was created by Juan Mance. Shireen Adol is the content manager, and Ben Trefney is the executive director. In the next episode, we're talking about perception and how it's shaped by the media. We'll hear a story from a high schooler living in a forgotten community who discovers its unknown past through an archival film. For the longest time, I didn't believe this video was real. It's like when you're digging in your attic and you find an old photo of your parents from when they were young. After seeing the footage, I knew I wanted to learn more about the history and why it was once called the Magic City. We're visiting Treasure Island next time on TBH. If you like what you're hearing, take a minute to give us a rating. If you really like what you're hearing, leave us a review. It'll help us reach a whole lot more people. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Samuel Getachew.